We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. We want strong, lean, healthy puppies. No more roly-poly puppies. But here's how we're going to do that. All right, so on today's episode, I want to talk about kind of why raw food for puppies. And then we're going to kind of dive into how how we transition them into raw food. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where Anthony answers a customer's question. Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. All right, so today we are talking about puppies. This is something we often get in the shop. Uh, people come in and say, hey, I have a puppy. What do I do now? So I, we also hear a lot too, hey, I have a puppy. I think we're going to do kibble for a few months, and then we're going to transition slowly to, to raw food. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of things I want to kind of approach here. Let's start off with with why like why 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 would you want to feed your puppy raw food right so we we've done a podcast before just about the benefits of raw food but i also just wanted to go over kind of why specifically when we're talking about puppies why it's important to essentially get them started off on raw food as soon as possible so essentially when they are weaned off their mother's milk like it's it's go time so why raw food for puppies so obviously raw food is just going to be easier to digest for them most of you have heard my story about Mozzie as a puppy trying to eat prescription food and dry food, and he usually wouldn't eat it. And then when he did, it was just extremely messy on the back end. With raw food, you you have all these these naturally occurring enzymes and, and probiotics, and it's essentially it's 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 almost like it's it's wanting the dog to eat it, right? So it's it's built they're built for this, you know, they're protein and fat machines. So um, it's just way more digestible. Uh, so you have way less digestive issues um, when you're transitioning to raw food, and that makes sense because you're you're feeding fresh food, you're feeding real food, you're feeding species appropriate food, you're not feeding ultra processed pellets of carbohydrates. I mean, imagine how hard those would be to digest and break down as they're moving through the digestive system. Like it's, it's, it's hard to break with a hammer, yet alone, you know, just digestive juices and such. So, you know, you're going to have fewer allergic reactions for a lot of reasons, uh, but primarily because kibble diets are really high in carbohydrates, right? So they can cause uh, yeast overgrowth and leaky gut and all kinds of inflammation in the body. But raw food doesn't have all these carbohydrates. You know, most most of them, we're talking about like the BARF model, which has like some vegetation in it, some phytonutrients in it. It's usually like 2 to 5% um, carbohydrates. So, you know, extremely low uh, possibility of inflammation. And then also there's no synthetics or chemicals, right? So um, if you listen to our previous podcast, we're talking about prescription diets. There wasn't, I mean, we were talking about one prescription diet that one form of kibble that it was there's no whole foods in the whole formulation which is is pretty um, common with raw food you just don't have all these synthetics it's just whole foods all right so there's there's less things less ingredients in there they're going to cause a reaction from your puppy healthier skin and coat i mean for the puppy too you know 
dogs that consume, um, you know, omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids in the proper balance are going to have much healthier skin and, and, and healthier fur. You know, AFCO allows about 29 to 1, so ratio of, of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids. They allow all the way up to a 29 to 1 ratio, which is crazy high. You know, it should be closer to about 4 to 1. So, you know, with, with raw food, you're going to have these naturally occurring, but naturally balanced omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids. So obviously that's going to decrease inflammation, but also really good for their for their skin and coat health as well. So stronger teeth and gums. So obviously, you know, raw food doesn't have all the carbohydrates that, that the dry pet food does. And so, you know, Dr. Connor Brady talks about this, you know, 80% of dogs have periodontal disease and also 80% of dogs are eating dry pet food or kibble. So that's not a coincidence. Um, but when you, when you have raw food or you're, you're feeding raw food, you have also naturally occurring probiotics in there. Um, so it's really good for the gut health, but also really good for their dental health as well, making sure they're getting healthy bacteria in, into their mouth. I always use this analogy too when I talk about this as far as just, you know, imagining if you yourself we're just eating cereal every day. You know, it wouldn't be great for your teeth because it's a lot of sugar, but at least you're brushing your teeth every day. Your dogs are not. So, you know, your dogs don't have salivary amylase to break down carbohydrates in their mouth and they're not brushing their teeth every day like you are. So if you're feeding kibble, that's a, obviously a big concern. Improved stools. I mean, obviously the raw food is much more easily digested, way more bioavailable. So you're just going to have, they're just going to be absorbing more of it. So you're going to have, you know, smaller stools and less smelly too. All right, next, a robust immune system. Um, so obviously when you have a dog that's eating raw food, you're going to have all these really awesome probiotics, just naturally occurring probiotics. Um, and it's really going to help with the with the gut health, which is going to in turn help with their with their immune system and, and build a more robust immune system. This is even this is even occurring in dogs that um, or puppies that are offspring of dogs that are fed raw food are are being born with more robust immune system. So this starts even long before the dog is born, but even feeding the puppies the, the raw food, it will help boost their immune system. Greater muscle mass, I mean, animal protein obviously is, is gonna be superior to superior uh, format of protein than that of, of plant source protein for when we're talking about our dogs and cats. They're the building blocks of, of the body. So getting healthy, uh, fresh, and healthy amounts of, of animal protein is, is gonna be extremely beneficial. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. So those are all good reasons as to, you know, kind of why you want to move to raw food for a puppy. But I also want to talk about kind of how we're going to do that, right? So there's a lot of different theories out there as far as how to transition your, your puppy onto raw food. 
And I really kind of wanted to approach that topic today. So my my preference and just what I, and this is pretty anecdotal. This is just what I've experienced the last two and a half years in the shop. But the best approach I've seen for a, an otherwise healthy puppy is just doing a cold turkey approach. So sometimes you have a puppy that's just super sensitive. Um, and if anytime you change their diets, they're going to have issues. So, you know, obviously we can take a slower approach to those. But most of the time, just based off what we know about kibble, it's like, why, why, why do we keep wanting to feed it? Like, let's just, let's just get rid of it and start feeding some real food. Also, you know, if your goal is to go full raw anyways, then now is the time, you know, they're puppies, they're, they're healthy. They have robust immune systems. Like, let's just, you know, let's, let's go for it. You know, a lot of times we get puppies that come in the shop and they're, they're in the shop or they they, they come by to see us because they're already having digestive issues. So the kibble is already causing a lot of digestive problems. And so if you're going to mix the two, which, you know, you, you can mix the two without issue, but if they're already having problems digesting the dry food and you want to introduce the raw food, then it's like, we don't know, like it's, you're continuously feeding what, what's causing a problem and feeding the, the fresh food. So if that's already, if the kibble is already causing a problem, like, let's just get rid of it. It doesn't make sense to keep mixing it in. I also like to start with one protein. So we'll do like one protein. We just start with turkey. It's just a good neutral protein for dogs, but we just start with one protein for about a week. And if everything's good, the dog likes it and the stools are good, energy's good. Then we move on to the next one and we keep trying to get as much variety in there as possible. So it's not like I want to do one protein for six months or anything like that. I, I'll do it for like a week and then I'm, I'm ready to move on and, and try something different. I kind of relate this to having like a baby, like when you have a, a human baby. You know, you, you want to introduce a lot of new, um, different foods to them. It's not like you're just feeding them one thing. It's not like you're feeding a, a baby bananas for six weeks, you know, and then trying something else. You want to obviously incorporate as much as you can. So one other thing to note, calcium is, is really important for puppies, obviously, um, just cause they're, you know, need it for their, their, um, skeletal growth and, and obviously for their teeth, you know, when they get their new teeth in and on all kinds of things, but calcium that comes in synthetic powder. Um, so like calcium carbonate or calcium uh, citrate or calcium chelate. It's really hard for puppies to expel from the body. So these are like synthetics that you'll see in a lot of dry pet foods. And when this happens, when, you know, this, this excess of calcium can occur when you're using synthetic products or synthetic calcium. So something to be aware of, obviously when you're feeding like raw meaty bones or um, like a bone powder, that's obviously way more digestible for that puppy. So the big, a lot of the, a lot of the questions we get in a shop you know, how much to feed and how many times a day. So I'm going to kind of go over that um, as, you know, a general, just kind of a general guideline for, for puppies. So when puppies are about two to four months of age, we're doing about eight to 10% of their current body weight. And we're doing about three to four meals a day. So puppies, they grow so fast that they can't just consume all their, their calories in one meal. So we're kind of spreading it out throughout the day. So about three to four meals a day. When they're about four to six months of age, we're doing about six to eight percent of their body weight, and we're about, we're down to three meals a day. When they hit that six to eight month age, we're looking at four to six percent of their body weight. Again, this is just a guideline, and we're doing about twice a day, feeding twice a day, and then eight eight months out to a year, three to four percent of their body weight and twice a day. So the the goal, no matter what size your puppy, the goal is to keep them lean. You know, we want we want lean puppies. I'm not saying we want like emaciated puppies or anything like that, but 
what what's happening right now is we're seeing a lot of roly-poly puppies out there so people that just want to really pack on the weight as fast as possible and i'm telling you right now that's so dangerous to do um, we want healthy lean strong puppies we don't want roly-poly puppies i know they might be cute but that's not that can cause a lot of uh, skeletal issues down the road i mean you have to think their bones right now are just rubber right? So you're just packing all this weight on them and it, it can cause a lot of joint and, and skeletal issues. So just please be aware of that. I'm also a big proponent of the BARF model. You know, there's the prey model, which is just pretty much meat, bone, um, and organs. But for puppies, I especially like the BARF model just to get some additional phytonutrients in there. You know, let's, let's be real here. The, you know, the earth, uh, the soil here in the U.S. is not what it used to be. So, you know, our meat is... All our food really is lacking um, a lot of the vitamins and minerals it once had. So any added benefit you can get from, you know, some, I guess, low glycemic vegetables can really benefit the puppy, especially during the developmental stage. So supplements that are really good to include would be something like phytosynergy. So like Adored Beast has a, a phytosynergy, which is actually just sustainably sourced phytoplankton that they harvest out of filtered Atlantic seawater up in Canada. And... It's awesome. It's just a, it's a whole food. It's not really a supplement. It's a, it's actually a whole food, but it is a single cell organism that is super digestible. Like it actually absorbs through their membrane, doesn't even have to go through the digestive system, but it's packed with trace minerals, um, vitamins, and some really, really powerful antioxidants. So really, really an awesome supplement to give to your puppy or any dog, really. Huge proponent of probiotics too at this age, you know, just making sure we're getting a really robust immune system. So feeding their, feeding their gut um, some pre and probiotics, making sure they have really healthy microbiome just to ward off any bacteria and viruses. Um, you know, a lot of puppies are really getting a crap ton of vaccines at this point. So just making sure their gut and therefore their immune system is in really good health. Obviously, your puppy always should have access to, to fresh water, preferably non-chlorinated water, filtered water fresh air, you know, exercise, all this, all this stuff is really good for puppies. There, there is kind of like a rule of thumb. So we get this a lot where it's like, how much, like, can I run with my puppy and all this stuff? You have to understand that their, their joints are growing and they're, you know, they're going to suffer less if you take them outside for short play or short training sessions. Um, so no like super long runs or long walks, just keep it kind of short about five minutes. They, the kind of general rule of thumb is about five minutes per month of age until he's about six months of age. Just don't want to put too much stress on their, their joints and their bones at that point. Raw meaty bones. So this is something I really want to talk about. Um, a lot of people are kind of afraid to feed bones to their puppies, but I actually can't recommend it enough. You have raw meaty bones, so things like duck necks and turkey necks and chicken necks and duck wings and chicken wings and uh, duck feet, chicken feet, things like that. We have puppies that come in the shop all the time and we'll try out all these things with them. And it's amazing. It's it's fun. It's a good it's a good activity to do with your puppy. You just kind of like like for example, I'll hold like the duck neck in my hand, and I'll just let the puppy learn how to chew on it. And it's really important too because when puppies hit that six month uh, mark, their jaw muscles really start coming in. So I like to get them to learn how to chew on things like that before they hit that point, so they learn how to do it delicately. A lot of times we wait, 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 and wait, 
and we don't give them these these bones until they're like a year old and then they just chomp down on it you know and then they're you know you give them a marrow bone and they're going to break a tooth because they don't know how to chew on it so when they learn how to do it as a puppy they learn how to do it delicately and they they kind of carry that with them their entire lives so so raw meaty bones you know like i said like the duck necks are awesome turkey necks are awesome for puppies um, whether dehydrated or frozen raw I can't recommend enough. It also helps, so when puppies chew on these things, it really helps release endorphins to calm them down. So they're essentially like pacifiers for dogs. So like right now, we have these beef knuckle bones that are really popular. And even for puppies, they're totally fine. I mean, they're huge. They might even be bigger than a puppy, but it's great for them to learn how to chew on that. And it's super, you know, mentally, it's it's really stimulating. And I, I remember Mozzie as a puppy just passing out like on top of marrow bones just letting them go until those little heart desires. You probably don't want to do that though. You probably, I like to do like 15 minute sessions now, 15 or 20 minute chew sessions. Um, raw meaty bones, you know, it's really important for puppies. Um, you get that extra, you know, the benefit of the the calcium and the phosphorus in there and some other really great minerals for them that are really <clears throat> essential for their development. Uh, you look at countries like Australia, I think Australia has, the, they pay per month, they spend more on their pets than any other country does. And they feed a lot of raw meaty bones. It's usually like if you're doing a DIY raw raw food uh, diet, like it's it's the the meat I say of the diet. The majority of the diet is raw meaty bones, even for puppies, especially for puppies. So don't be afraid to try that out. You know, there's some really safe ways. Like I said, if you're not grossed out by it, you know, you can or maybe the dehydrated one might be a better option for you if you don't want to hold a frozen one, raw one. But you know, holding these things and letting the puppy chew on it is is it's a good uh, relationship building <laughs> activity that you guys can do, but it's also just really good. I mean, it's really good for them, for their brain simulation and also for their teeth. And it really helps um, just kind of making sure those teeth are coming in nice and healthy as well. And then something we've talked about on previous podcasts with the mind platter, uh, mind pet platter, but just remembering to focus on how you're feeding your puppy too. I, obviously we're feeding, feeding multiple times a day, but I can't stress enough, if you can get away from the bowl, the better that puppy's going to be. If you've been feeding kibble and they're having a hard time transitioning to the raw food, I would definitely feed in a different place because they will associate. So that kind of will help out a little bit. But just feeding them on the, the mine pet platter or feeding them on a flat surface at least, I tend to stay away from the, the slow feeders, especially ones that have like tentacles or things that stick out because those can really deter them from wanting to um, to eat their food. But something like the My Pet Platter, it's just a flat surface just to really slow them down, let them enjoy the meal, let them lick and release those endorphins to, to calm them down and just really just slow them down and making sure we're not causing any undue stress as a bowl will will do. And also the bowl promotes the the gulping or the you know, inhaling big amounts of food, um, which can cause some indigestion and some digestive issues and regurgitation, among other things. So just making sure we're, you know, if you can get away from the bowl and feed on a flat surface, that's obviously going to be really beneficial um, and stimulating for the puppy. And then the last one is goat milk. So goat milk is just one of the supplements that I really like to incorporate um, in addition to the raw food, just because, especially for puppies, because it has all these probiotics, it has all these enzymes, some, some added, uh, moisture is never a bad thing. And we're trying to keep that immune system and that microbiome really health, really healthy. Goat milk is again, you know, it's super digestible. You know, the, the protein fat molecules are, are pretty small. Um, the raw goat milk obviously is going to have the lactase in there to break down the lactose. And so it's just for puppies, it's a really good, 
I don't want to call it a supplement because again, this is a this is a whole food as well. So just a really good addition to any any dog's uh, diet, but especially for puppies as well. So again, most of this stuff is you know we kind of approach it as every every dog's different, and so you know we like to we like to test things out, but. You know, the guidelines too, the, the raw feeding guidelines I gave you for, you know, months and, and body weight percentage and number of meals per day, you know, that's that's very specific to the kind of dog. You know, you have small breed dogs and you have large breed dogs. And this is just kind of a general rule of thumb. But I always tell people, like, I think the most important thing is, this is why we have a scale in the shop, is so that you can bring your dog in and we can weigh them at any time. You know, you don't have to come in and buy anything. It's just the scale is there for you to use and, and making sure that we're kind of staying on par with, with the uh, growth of the puppy. So keeping them lean, keeping them strong, making sure they're not adding, getting too much weight. We don't want them to grow too fast because that can cause a whole lot of issues like I had mentioned. So we want to keep them lean. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. All right, so one of the uh, questions that we got from one of our customers that they uh, wanted to answer for the podcast was that their dog is having um, allergic, or, or sorry, they just did a, an allergy test and found out that their dog's allergic to five different types of foods and eight different trees, dandelions, and some grasses. So this dog's like allergic to the world right now. So a couple things to remember here. Those tests, I think, are can be good general guidelines. They're not insanely accurate. Um, you could argue they're insanely inaccurate. They're generally, uh, the food allergy ones are like 25% accurate and environmental is about 40% accurate. So again, not very accurate uh, tests, but I think they do give you a good guideline. You know, they kind of rate these things in like red that are really showing some sensitivity and then like yellow and green. So it's a good, it's a good, you know, when you do these tests, it's a good way to kind of find out, okay, let's stay away from these proteins for now. You know, I'm not saying forever, but we'll, we'll eventually go back to those proteins and try them out. But for now, you know, let's, let's steer clear from them. So, but typically, you know, for allergies, I just make sure that one, we're feeding the dog uh, a species appropriate diet. So feeding a dog kibble or processed, ultra processed food um, that has allergies, it's just, I, it's tough. You can't supplement your way out of a bad diet. You're fueling the inflammation with all the sugar that's in there. You know, we talked about this on the a previous podcast with the uh, prescription diets. You know, their allergy prescription diet is 57% carbohydrates, which all converts so 57% sugar. And so that's, you know, fueling the inflammation in the body, which is not going to help. So uh, making sure your dog's on a, a species-appropriate fresh food diet, whether that's raw food, uh, preferably, or, or gently cooked, you know, and, and there's also ones that are pretty limited as far as ingredients. Like Answers has a limited ingredient one. I think it's like five ingredients. Uh, it has, you know, different different uh, proteins. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is getting some probiotics in them. We talk about this a lot, but we use a lot of the Adored Beast uh, pre and probiotics um, just because they're 30 billion CFUs. They're, you know, 14 different strands of, of canine-specific 
bacteria. Um, they contain prebiotics to help feed the probiotics once they're in their gut, kind of like a fertilizer. So making sure the microbiome is really healthy and really strong. And these are really potent probiotics. And so we like to use those a lot, specifically um, like Fido's Flora is one of their probiotics that are really good for allergies because they actually have fulvic and humic acid in there, which are really good at helping the gut's permeability and absorb absorption of nutrients. So probiotics is a really good one. So fresh food, raw food, species appropriate food, probiotics, and then omega-3s. So omega-3s is really, they're really beneficial, you know, making sure we're getting some anti-inflammatory properties in the diet, making sure that that's balanced. We sell, again, this isn't a promotion, we're not even sponsored by them, but this, <laughs> they have a, uh, Adored Beast has a really awesome supplement that's been selling like hotcakes. I've been using it on my dogs too, and it's I don't think I've ever gotten so many compliments on Mozzie's coat. It's a uh, omega-3 that is actually extracted from algae. And so it doesn't contain, you know, all these heavy toxins and heavy metals that we get from the fish oils. It's actually higher. It's also higher in EPA and DHA, the two fatty uh, omega-3 fatty acids that dogs need than, than fish oil is. So um, really potent stuff, real super clean and very potent. So... That omega threes, adding omega threes to a dog with has having some allergies, um, it can be incredibly beneficial. And then lastly, you know, we always this is always overlooked. Dr. Karen Becker talks about this a lot, but making sure you're at least like rinsing your dog off. I know this this dog specifically, Waffles is <laughs> he is a the cute he looks like a and he'll always look like this because he's a Pomeranian. He's a pocket palm, so he he looks like a like a little polar bear cub. Um, he's like, he's really cute, but he's just a white puff. Um, he's essentially a Swiffer. So he's just picking up every single pollen and allergen there is and collecting it. So rinsing him off, you know, once or twice a week, at least I'm saying rinsing off. I'm not a huge proponent of, of washing my dogs all too often. I, I don't want to like over dry them, but there are some like light, some light shampoos out there. Wonderside has a really good shampoo bar out right now that I really like. Uh, Scout's Honor is a probiotic shampoo, things like that I really like. But even just rinsing them off can be, it, it's overlooked and it can really be beneficial as far as um, helping a dog just kind of fight allergies, especially, I mean, because we're, we're located in the Ohio Valley. So it's just all these pollens and allergens are just kind of falling right here in the valley, settling here in the valley and just you know, some dogs are really struggle here. So rinsing off can go a long ways. It's more mechanical, but it can be pretty tedious for, especially for bigger dogs, but it can be incredibly, it can really pay off. So that would be my best advice for, for uh, any dog with allergies really. But w this is actually a great idea for an episode and it's springtime. So we're going to do a full episode about allergies and how to kind of combat them. Thanks for the question. So puppies, don't be afraid to get them started uh, on raw food as soon as, you, uh, as soon as you bring them home. There's no reason to hold off on it. So thanks. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpet. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.